Now, church, I, I wish I was happy all the time. I wish that I could honestly say to you this morning that every day is a happy day in my life. Don't you? Are you happy? Would you describe yourself as someone who is happy? We all want to be happy, don't we? What makes you happy? Some of us have been thinking, if we we can just get this whole COVID thing behind us, if we can uh, distribute a vaccine sufficiently to develop herd immunity, we'll be able to return to life as we once knew it and be happy. Or we think if, if we could just get enough money, we'd be happy. I could just get that promotion that I've been working so hard for, then I'd be happy. If I could own my own company, if, if I could achieve financial stability, if I could marry the right person or have children or lose enough weight or get in shape, then I'd, I'd truly be happy. That's what our culture says. The pursuit of the American dream is the pursuit of happiness, so much so that it's a fundamental right enshrined in our Declaration of Independence. Friends, according to God, none of those things are the source of true happiness. According to God, happiness is only found in knowing Him. So God invites us to know true happiness by knowing Him. The Supreme One, one and only God, the one to whom we've been singing, the one and whose name we have gathered today, He invites us to know true happiness by knowing Him. Today we begin uh, a new series called Gospel Habits for these few weeks of January as we turn the corner into a a new year. We are going to next month, beginning of February, Lord willing, jump right back into the book of Exodus that we've been journeying through and paused from uh, over the last several weeks. But for the month of January, as we think about a, a new year and a happy new year, we are going to dive into a message series on on Gospel Habits. A new year is... A natural time for us to reflect and to consider who we are and who we'd like to be. And so we're all familiar with with, with New Year's resolutions. And resolutions are are fine and and good, but the problem is is that they depend squarely on us. And and we soon forget that we made them or or put them aside and, and get distracted with other things. And so rather than resolutions, let me invite you to develop some gospel habits. Because the Lord uses habits to change us. He uses habits to shape us. And gospel habits are not about feeling good about yourself. Not about feeling good about yourself. They are about knowing Him. Gospel habits are about knowing God. True happiness is found in knowing Him. And the Word of God instructs us in this way, guides us in this way, specifically in the book of Psalms, in Psalm 1. And so let me invite you to look with me at God's Word this morning, the book of Psalms today. We're in Psalm 1, be looking at this text and inviting God to show us what it means to be truly happy by knowing Him. And so as you find your place there in 
in Psalm 1. Let me invite you, as is our practice here, to join me standing, whether in body or in spirit, for the reading of, of God's holy word. Let's hear from the Lord today. Psalm 1, beginning in verse 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in, the step with, in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous. But the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Would you bow with me? Father, guide us now. Guide us by the presence and power of your spirit to rightly understand the truths of your word. And Father, to be drawn to you. Lord, to long to know you. Lead us in that way now for the glory of your name. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. You may be seated. God invites us to know true happiness by knowing him. The Psalms are an invitation to know him. The book of Psalms is an invitation for us to know God, to enter into dialogue with God, speaking to him and hearing from him. And they began this way, blessed is the one or happy is the one. When we hear the word happy, we usually think of a superficial feeling often tied to present circumstances. But this word describes a sense of contentment, of joy, of deep satisfaction, often in spite of present circumstances. Now, if that's true, church, then theoretically you could be sick, isolated, in need of money, without a spouse, kids, or close friends, and still be happy. How? By knowing God. Really? Yes. Why? Because joy and satisfaction are found in knowing God. True joy and satisfaction, biblical happiness, the the blessed life is found, according to the word, is found in knowing God. Gospel habits are not about feeling good about yourself. They're about knowing God. Just say that after me. Gospel habits are about knowing God. Gospel habits are about knowing God. Again, gospel habits are about knowing God. God invites us to know Him. He invites us to experience Him. He invites us to delight in Him. Joy and satisfaction are found in knowing God. They are found in knowing God. And He wants you to know Him. He wants us to know Him. He wants us to be filled with deep joy and satisfaction because we're in right relationship with our Maker, recognizing who He is and listening to His voice. I was reminded of this truth even this morning through a social media post by one of our church members. She writes these words. She says, if 2020 has shown us anything, it has shown us how much we need God and that our joy does not lie in what we have, 
where we go, what we wear or drive or where we live, our joy lies in our relationship with our Father. And she quotes Jesus' words from the Sermon on the Mount. Happy are the people who know that they need God very much. The kingdom of heaven belongs to people like that. And Psalm 1 is a wisdom psalm or a Torah psalm because it's about God's instruction. And psalm 1 serves as a warning for listeners and hearers, a, a warning about how to live by laying the foundation for the two types of people that we hear about again and again and again, over and over again in the book of Psalms, but not only in the book of Psalms, throughout God's Word. Those who are right with God, the righteous... And those who remain far from God, the wicked. I don't know about you, but when I hear the word wicked, I naturally think of people worse than me. I think of people who are especially evil, people who make all sorts of bad decisions and do evil things. But the wicked being described here are not an especially despicable people. They are simply unbelievers. Those who do not know or worship God. You know, we're often rather quick to divide people into various subgroups. Men, women, boys, girls, wealthy, poor, black, white, Republican, Democrat, athletic, academic, tigers, tide, uh, or perhaps right now the tide and uh, the, the buckeyes. But there's only one distinction that really matters. The righteous and the wicked. Believer or unbeliever. Which are you? Do you know God? Is your faith in Him? Do you listen to Him and want to honor Him? Or are you more interested in life without Him? The Word says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. In other words, our text begins by describing the the blessed person by telling us who isn't the blessed person. The worldly person who lives like the unbeliever. Who spends all his time hanging out with those who don't believe, who disobey, and who want to destroy the faith. That's the picture the psalm is painting with this threefold description of the ungodly. This is a warning. It's a warning for us to flee the sinful way. This text is a warning. It's a warning to to flee from the sinful way. The sinful way is the way of life apart from God. The way of life apart from submission to God without a relationship with God. This is a way of thinking and living. A way that exalts self above God. That accepts the world's advice over God's teaching. This party to the world's ways and dwells with those who scoff at God and His word. The world says this is the way to be happy. It says this is the way to be free, to be fulfilled. Believe in yourself. Have it your way. Do whatever feels good or seems desirable to you. But God is saying don't believe the lie. Flee the sinful way. And instead feast on my word. Feast on the word. Feast on the word. Joy and satisfaction are found in knowing God. And God has made himself known to us. He is a God who has made himself known to us through his word. Feast on the word. 
Blessed is the one who does not walk and step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law, on God's law, day and night. In other words, happy is the one who knows God and strives to live for him. Happy is the one who knows the Lord, who lives in relationship with Him, who trusts Him more than self or more than others. The law of the Lord can refer to the specific books of the law, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, what's known as the Torah or the Pentateuch, but it can also refer to all of the Scriptures. It can refer to all of the Word. Those who believe in the Lord have tasted and seen that He is good and want to know Him more. Have you tasted the goodness of knowing God? Friends, here's the first gospel habit for us to cultivate this year in 2021. Here's gospel habit number one. Read Scripture. Read the Word. Read Scripture. Consume the Word. Consume the revelation of God. Consume God's Word. Not out of duty or obligation, but in order to know the one and only great, gracious, and glorious God. Consume His Word. Read His Word so that you may know Him. We don't read in order to earn His favor or satisfaction. It's not about checking a box or feeling good about ourselves. But we read in response to His favor, in response to His love. And because we believe that joy and satisfaction are ultimately found in knowing Him. And so we want to know Him. God wants you and me to know Him. He wants us to know Him and to delight in Him. And so He has given us His Word that we might know His good and gracious character. And so as we've turned the corner into a new year, perhaps, perhaps reading Scripture is a habit that you have cultivated and that you do on a regular basis, but perhaps it's not. Maybe it once was and it's not. Maybe it never was. Let me give just a couple tools in our digital age for you to re-engage or engage God's Word. A couple apps. The first of these is the Read Scripture app. These are both tools that I've, uh, I have recently begun using in my own walk with the Lord. The first of these is the Read Scripture app. It's a free app that lays out a, a year-long reading plan. Reading through the entire Bible on the app with videos from the Bible Project included as well, at key junctures along the way, introductions to books or key themes. It's an excellent app that invites us to read and consume God's Word, and not just to read it to check a box, but to know God. In fact, incorporating a psalm reading in every day's reading as a guide to prayer and to commune with Him. Read Scripture. The second of these, perhaps for those that, uh, that do better, listening rather than reading would be the Dwell app. The Dwell app. Once again, a great app. Uh, this app, there, there is a nominal fee. It, it, it does cost, but if you like to listen to God's Word, I would just say it is well worth it. It is well done. A number of reading plans. You can re- listen through any portion of the Bible, but I've just begun a, a year-long listening plan through the Dwell app as well. Let me encourage you in these ways, and perhaps maybe not these ways. Maybe you have a plan, or maybe you simply like to read a hard copy of God's Word. Praise God for His Word. And if that is you, let me just encourage you. Maybe this is a year to read through the New Testament. 
Or maybe you begin the year by reading through the Gospel of John or, or Mark. You open up God's Word at the start of each day and you read God's Word slowly and carefully in order to know Him, to know Him personally. Asking these questions every time you read, what, what am I learning? What is God teaching me? And what does God want me to do with this? How does He want me to respond with these truths today? May we be a people who feast on the Scriptures, who read God's Word because through them we get to know God Himself. Remember Peter? One of the twelve, a follower of Jesus, that fisherman turned follower of Christ. He tells other Christ followers. He writes a couple letters. You know them as first and second Peter. He writes to other believers and he instructs them in first Peter chapter two to crave God's word like newborn babies crave milk. He says, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk. That spiritual milk is this book. It is the very word of God. Crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Friend, have you tasted the goodness of the Lord? Have you tasted of His character, of His person? Don't you, don't you want to know Him more? Now, here's the deal, just being honest with you. I wish I always wanted to read the Word. But there's, there are days I don't. There are days that I'm apathetic. There are days that I'm consumed with other things. Most notably, I'm myself. I wish I always wanted to read the Word. And if you're honest, I, I bet there are days that you don't really want to either. But I know, friends, I know that God often uses the discipline of the habit to develop a desire for more of Him with the end result being delight in Him. And so even when we don't, may we develop these gospel habits, may we consume His Word so that ultimately the Lord would use that, that we might delight in knowing Him. You won't delight in God if you don't know Him. And you won't know Him if you don't spend time with Him. So Meadowbrook, may 2021 be a happy new year in which we develop the gospel habit of reading His Word in order that we might know and enjoy God. And the struggle is real. Too often I think we don't act as if it is. Paul described this struggle in Romans chapter 7. He would express his desire for God this way. He said, so I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. I want to do the right thing. But too often I, I succumb to temptation of the flesh. Too often I, I follow the evil way, the wicked way, the unrighteous way. But he says, for in my inner being I delight in God's law. I know that it's good because through it I might know Him. The lure of the sinful way continues. But friends, God's grace is greater than our sin. It's the amazing grace of the Almighty God who wants to be in relationship with us that leads us to want to know Him more. So let's read His Word. Let's meditate on His Word. And the idea of meditation here in Psalm 1 is the idea of of saying it out loud, of speaking it over and over and over again, ultimately for the purpose of memorization so that we, we might know the truths of His Word, not simply to know the truths of His Word, so that we might know Him. May we meditate on His Word day by day, all year long, that we might know and delight in Him. Psalm 1 compares the blessed or happy person to a well-watered tree. 
The blessed person, verse 3, is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. I remember talking with a friend some time ago, several years ago, about some trees that I was planning to, to plant or thinking about planting at home. These green giant arborvitaes. Perhaps you're familiar with those. They're big uh, evergreen trees that create this sort of barrier, kind of like a Leland cypress. And I was talking to this guy and he said, well, come on over. I planted some of these. I'll show you what they look like. And he showed me some on one side of his yard that were in a natural drainage way, well watered. And the other side of his yard, not so much on a bit of a, a hill. They were all living, but the ones that were well watered were thriving or much larger. Planted by streams of, of water, they were succeeding at what they were designed to do. They were thriving at being a tree. That's like the image here. The image suggests that those who delight in God's word experience success, but not necessarily the kind of success the world promotes. This is not about health and wealth and prosperity. No, the scripture is painting the picture of true success. The metaphor recalls Jesus' words in John 15. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. These pictures are of prosperity and fruitfulness. Satisfaction and sustenance of maturity and growth. Those who delight in God's word and meditate on it often strive to live according to it. And that striving is what will succeed. God enables those who want to know him to live for him. Just as a tree planted by streams of water flourishes, those who know the living God flourish in the way God intended. They flourish at living for him. They flourish at knowing Him and walking according to His purposes and plan. They produce fruit in season, joy and delight and satisfaction in spite of present circumstances, which may or may not be good. Friends, God invites us to know true happiness by knowing Him. Do you know Him? Have you heard of His good plans for you? Have you responded with faith in Him. There's only two types of people according to the word, believers and unbelievers, those who know God and those who don't. And the Bible is clear right here in Psalm 1 and throughout that unbelievers have no future with God. Unbelievers have no future with God. Those who submit to the Lord learn true success, but not so the wicked. They're like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. See, the pieces of a blown dandelion bloom are like the stubble that the wind blows away. They are like chaff, the worthless flakes of husk that would blow away while the heavier grain would fall to the ground during the wheat harvest. Here one moment, gone the next. The Bible is saying in the same way, unbelievers who do not repent and trust in the Lord will be banished from the presence of the Lord forever. They will not last. Soon separated from God and His people. You you don't want to be separated from God and His people, but there's good news. There's good news of a gracious God, for God will save His people. He will save His people. He will spare them from His judgment, not on the basis of their works, but on the basis of His grace, freely offers, offered to whosoever will trust in Him. Have you trusted in Him? Do you trust Him?
Is your faith in Him? Are you one of His people? Are you one of His people? God knows His people, and He will save them from judgment. That's where this text concludes. God knows His people. He's fully aware of His people. He knows His people and will save them from judgment. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. The word translated here at the end of the psalm, watches over, means to know. It implies a relationship, intimate knowledge, the kind of personal knowledge that produces care and protection and provision. God knows those who know Him. He is fully aware of those who know Him. He knows those who are His, and He cares for them. He cares for them. He cares for us now and forever. Church, God invites us to know true happiness by knowing Him. And church, we have just celebrated the pathway to knowing Him. We've just separated the way, the path that is through the Word and the Word made flesh. We have seen His glory, John writes, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. The Word became flesh. Jesus became flesh. It is through Jesus, the Son of God, who came to us in order to save us. He came to live the truly righteous life that none of us have, that none of us did. He came and He never walked in step with the wicked, but always delighted in knowing the Father. He came to live for us and to die in place of us. He came to embody the gospel, and through Him we are invited to truly know God. Do you know Him? Do you know Jesus? Are you happy in Him? Are you happy in Jesus? Friend, turn to Jesus, the righteous one. Turn to Jesus, the truly righteous one today. For Jesus is the truly righteous man. He is the new Adam, the mediator between God and man who obeys the law perfectly and fulfills its promises fully. See, the assembly of the righteous, verse 5, is the is the assembly of those whose righteousness is not based upon their own obedience to the Word, but upon His. The assembly of, of the righteous is the assembly of those whose righteousness, whose right standing before God is not based upon their obedience. It's not based upon their works. For there is no unrighteous, the Scriptures say, not even one, but upon His For God made him who had no sin to be sin so that in him, friends, we might become the righteousness of God. It is the righteousness of Jesus applied to our lives by faith in him. Is your faith in him? Is your faith in Jesus? Scriptures say whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Whoever calls on Jesus, for salvation, will be saved, will be granted His righteousness and be right with God now and forever, fully forgiven and free and given eternal life. Is your faith in Him? Turn to Jesus in faith today. Friends, this is the good news that we celebrate. This is the gospel news that leads us to sing. It's the gospel news that leads us to sink our very lives into the Word, into the Scripture, that we might know Him. God invites us to know true happiness By knowing Him. Friends, one of the ways that we Christians recall who He is and remember what He has done for us is through communion. 
the Lord's table, the bread and the cup, symbols of the sacrifice, of the life that was laid down by God's grace for us that we might be forgiven of our sins and have life in Him. And so we want to remember that today. We want to reflect on the table and the elements of the table in a way that leads us to worship Jesus. And so let me invite you now to take out that communion cup. If you know Jesus, see this was an ordinance that the Lord gave to those who are His, to those who are His people, to those who are believers, to those who have been given His righteousness. And so this morning, as followers of Christ, who have trusted in Christ for salvation, we want to remember what it is that Jesus has done for us. And so we take the bread and we remember the words of our Lord. On the night that he was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. Scriptures say that he he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his followers and he said, take and eat. This is my body broken for you. Let's take and eat with thanksgiving, remembering the body of Christ broken for us. And then the scriptures say that he took the cup. The cup. With juice that recalled the blood of the Passover lamb. Scriptures say that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. But in Jesus, the perfect Lamb of God, whose blood was shed for us, there is full forgiveness of sins. And so let's take the cup and let's remember the words of our Savior, who said to His people, He said, This is My blood of the new covenant. Drink in remembrance of Me. Let's take and drink and remember the blood of Christ shed for our salvation. And Father, we give thanks here and now, Lord, on this day for what you have done to accomplish our right standing with you. Father, we thank you that through Jesus and his shed blood, we can know you. Father, we can truly know you and know that we are right with you by turning to Jesus in faith. Father, we thank you for his blood that covers our sins. We thank you for his body that was broken for us. We thank you for the life that he has. And Father, the the promise of his return for us. Father, we thank you for the life that he gives, the resurrected life that he gives to all those who turn to him. Lord, may we Sing his praise, and Father, may we consume your word that your name may be praised in us. Father, lead us now, here and now, to respond in ways that exalt Jesus. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.